Good morning, people. It's good to come to church, isn't it? Yeah. I feel good being here. Let's start with a short prayer, please. King of kings, Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. The one who dwells in light, unapproachable. The one who makes the heavens his throne and the earth his footstool. We are here today because we come expecting from you. I ask, Lord, today that you bless every head that is here, O oh Lord, that you meet them at their point of expectation today and more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus we pray. I'll start by reading Psalm 24. It's a Psalm of David. He says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's Psalm 24, if you could get there. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend unto the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has a clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by false God? They will receive blessings from the Lord. I repeat that. They will receive blessings from the Lord. And vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift up, you ancient doors. The king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors. The king that the king of glory may come in. And who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. Amen. Amen. And today I titled our, our talk today, Living in God's Presence. You may say we live in his presence anyway. Because there's nowhere we go that God is not. He is omnipresent. Is omnipotent and is omniscient. He is everything. He created everything. There is nothing that was made that was not made by him. Everything consists because God made it to be. So we like it or not, we are in his presence. John 15:4 says, Remain in me. As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what's the choice here, church? Without him, you are nothing. With him, you bear much fruit. 
You are in his presence anyway. You may choose to ignore it, but you are in God's presence at all times. So, I would say the logical choice is to be in his presence in obedience with his will so that you can enjoy all the benefits that comes with it. You'll be surprised to know that God knows you so much that he knows the number of hairs that are on your head. That's how vast the knowledge of God is concerning us. So if he knows you more than you know yourself, I'm in you, you will be. He says, be in me, and if I am in you, you will bear much fruits. You will be happy. You will be joyful. You will excel at whatever you lay your hand to do. He is there as a cloak around you to keep you covered at all times. His protection is around you. But the opposite is that you deny everything that is good and languish in a deluded environment which the devil creates. Because he makes you to think that you're losing something when you're a child of God, you know. He makes you to think you can't fit in into the groups that are your friends. He makes you to think that you're losing something when you don't go to the pub and sit down there and talk the rubbish that everybody else talks. It makes you to feel that you're losing. But in true sense, you're losing if you take that choice. Why? Because he takes everything that is good from you and leaves you with an empty shell, sorrow, anger, profane talks. Everything that is repulsive to God becomes what you're dwelling. And you know what? It leaves a pit in your stomach that makes you feel that you have underachieved. No, as children of God, we are not underachievers. We are full achievers in every sphere of life. God has made us special. We are wonderfully and specially made by God. And he has ordained us for specific purposes. And if you are not Boris Johnson, you are you. We are all made differently. I call Boris Johnson because he's the main thing on the TV nowadays. (laughs) But yes, we are what we are made to be. We don't have to be somebody else. So when you are not somebody else... Don't feel that you are left behind because you're not. God has made you special for the position you are in and to fulfill what you're fulfilling. So in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I want to assure you something this morning. That if you give yourself to being with God, 
if you dedicate your life to serving God. If you say, God, I dump everything that I think is right and fill me with everything you think is right in me, then all you get is joy. There's no shaking about that. Because you are not contending everything. You then live in, a, in, in an atmosphere of thankfulness. For everything you get, you begin to thank God. For the air that you breathe, you thank God for it. For the water you drink, you begin to thank God for it. For every single thing that comes your way, you begin to thank God for it. Then you leave every negativity behind because it's no longer there. When you are thankful, you don't have a room for any pickiness. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. Why? Because God is love. And in love consists fulfillment. In love consists joyfulness, happiness. In love, there is a form of completeness that takes away every negative aspect. And brings you to a place where you are constantly fulfilled. And that is where I want us to be today. That is what, where I want us to be always. To be in the presence of God. To accept God for who he is and what he is. And for everything else he brings into our lives. And dump every negativity, everything that we think may be right but may not be. Because we do not know. God sees all things. He's here today. He knows tomorrow. He doesn't live in the time that we live on. God lives in an existence that is boof, all over. He knows what has happened in the past. He knows what's happening now. He knows what will happen tomorrow. That's what omniscience means. So when he says today, my son, be here. My daughter, be there. Be still and listen. And do exactly that. Because the path which you chose may not be, which you think is the right path today, may not be. And God is directing your footsteps this way. And you're dragging yourself the other way. Leading to perilous way instead of going to where you have life and life in fulfillment. So we come to know and believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. This thing called love is magnificent. That's brilliant. We have it for our children. We have it for our spouses. We have it for people who are dear to us. And it's a binding cord. And that's the kind of thing that Christ had for us. The same thing that God has for us. That he made us wonderful. And then we derailed away from him. And he still wanted us to be close to him. And he says, how do I make these people come to me? And his son, Jesus Christ, stood up and said, I will go for them. As for good people... It's possible that another person will come up and say, they are too good, don't deal with them, and stand in their stead. But that we are bad, and Jesus steps forward 
to die for us so that the law of God is not broken. Because every soul that sin it should die. But Jesus came and died for us so that we are no longer condemned to death because of our sins. What kind of love is this? Isn't it amazing? So, therefore, my brethren, we do not have any condemnations in our hearts anymore. We are constantly in God's presence. The devil may go and tell you what you said yesterday. You are guilty. Tell the devil, pack your load and get up. Jesus has done it for me. I am no more condemned. I'm a child of God, and I'll live constantly in the presence of God. And there is nothing you can do about it. So God is present in our lives at all times, in all places and all, under, under all circumstances. The psalmist in Psalm 139 writes, Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you are there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you will find me in a minute. You are already there waiting. Then I say to myself, Oh, he sees. He even sees me in the dark. And at night, I am immense in the light. It is a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. So, wherever we go, God sees us anyway. We go into the dark, he sits in the dark. He doesn't operate with the kind of eyes we have that when it's dark we don't see. God sees all things. There's a song my old man used to sing. It goes like this. <clears throat> don't laugh, I have a horrible voice. I am interested in you hearing the words only. He says, come down, come down, my Lord. Come down, my Lord is writing all the time. He sees all I do and hears all I say. My Lord is writing all the time. But all I want is that when God is writing about us, it's not about the bad aspects of life. It's about the good things that pleases him. He writes down about us. Because, brethren, even beyond this life, in this life, if we're in the presence of God, we will yada, we will enjoy. But beyond this life, if we're in the presence and God is the, is, is the provider of rewards for all those who live according to his will. Amen? Amen. So I made a small analogy there. When we have God, we walk with God, we obey, and then we experience God's blessings. How do we have this relationship? It is through our allowing God into our hearts. It's not like he does really need our permission. When he wants to do his own thing, he does like he does with Paul. But it's not always the same case. Most of the time, God wants obedience, so he allows us something called a will. We have a choice. 
to make. And this choice means that we have to consciously say, God, please come into my heart. And when he does, you build a relationship through prayers. Prayers is you talking to God, he's talking to you, and you are interrelating. Then you find out where and what God wants you to do. Because you are studying his word, you are obeying him, you are looking to his will, you are communicating with him. He's directing you in the right path. And then you adjust your life. You adjust your life in a positive way. You drop every baggage that you carry, the baggage of anger, the baggage of malice, the baggage of anything that is negative that draws you and your family and your brothers and your workmen and everything around you down. And you pick up this positive attitude and you begin to build a better relationship and become a better person and you move towards what I call happiness, fulfillment, and joy. Because when you drop all these things and God is in you, your, your attitude becomes an attitude that is pleasing, not just to yourself, because you'll be pleased with yourself to start with, but everybody around you feels comfortable and happy to relate with you. They are able to approach you. They are not afraid of your burst of anger or anything. You now have a fulfillment, a contentment. People around you are happy. You are happy because you are able to relate with everybody. And that is where I want us to be this morning, brethren. In the presence of God. So, living constantly in the presence of God begins with the heartfelt renunciation of everything that we understand does not lead to God. We have to renounce those ones. Doing this allows us to open a continual conversation with him, with freedom and in simplicity. That is true prayers, true. We pray constantly. We don't have to be like, I have to wake up in the morning, dedicate uh, this 10 minutes, 20 minutes to pray to God. And when I've done that, that is me done with God for the moment and till God see you tomorrow morning kind of. That is not the kind of relationship that God expects from us. He says pray without ceasing. That means pray constantly. Prayers does not mean you have to be on your knees only. You can be going and you say, God, I thank you. That is prayer. You say, bless you, my brother. That's prayer. You're asking God to bless somebody. And as you go along the day, you have a, a feeling of God's presence in you. And you, uh, you drop this droplets of goodness around you everywhere you go. And people around you begin to pick up the vibe of goodness. They begin to enjoy your presence. And they begin to get blessed by God. Because God is going to bless you if you are in his presence. It is a sure promise. It never fails. Because God never fails. That's one of the immutable things God cannot do. Is that he cannot lie. He cannot go back on his own words. So when he says, I will bless you for being close to me and being obedient, God is going to bless you for sure. He is blessing you right now. You can breathe. You can smile. You have loved ones around you. All these things are blessings and more. So get closer. And more and more is coming. It's not just when we get to heaven. Like uh, you said earlier on, I was with you on that, brother. It's not just when we get to heaven. We can start yadaring now. We can start enjoy that enjoyment right now. Because there's wrong and only he sings this. The kingdom of God is here now. 
when we translate, we will be in another realm of faith. But when we are in God's presence, that is his kingdom. So in order to experience a constant conversation with God, which is prayer, we must know God. The better we know God, the closer we will be with him. Closer we are to him, the more our prayers become a way of life, not just an event that occurs at a particular time of space. It is a delusion to think that times of prayer ought to be different from any other time. Prayer is a sense of the presence of God. Therefore, we should always be in prayer, not just at special times. This allows us to live continually in the joy of the Lord. I think I'm repeating this because of the importance I, lay, I, I think of it, that we constantly need to be in God's presence and it's true communication. It's like if I'm sitting with somebody and I'm mute with them, then it's like we're not together. But if I'm with somebody and we're constantly talking and relating and sharing ideas and taking opinion from one another, then it makes a lot of sense because we develop each other and we become closer to one another. That is where we should be with God. We know God is around us at all times, but we need to be conscious to listen to him. That droplets of information that comes to you that you don't know how or where it's coming from, it could be God speaking to you. That brethren that comes and shakes your hands and ministers to you as God trying to pass a message to you. While you're there praying, you hear this quiet thing putting information in you. That is God speaking to you. You take your Bible and you're reading it and some information strikes you and strikes you hard. That is God speaking to you. There are several ways. There's no hard and fast rule of how God will speak to you. It's just that when you are obedient and you are in his will, you will know the voice of God when he speaks to you. So all I am saying is make yourself available and tell God, I am here for you. I am willing to listen to you. And my eyes are peeled to see what you are putting in my path. And I will go with you, Lord. And then he begins to change your life around. He begins to pull you closer to himself. And you become one with him. People begin to imagine what kind of rubbish we say when we say, God lives in me. And they say, you, who are you to say God lives in you? And I say, yes, God lives in me because he says so. He is closer to you than the tongue that is in your mouth. He is right here in your heart. So our sanctification, that's a big word, I break it down. Sanctification simply means our process towards improvement, towards being godly. It not, does not depend on just changing our actions, but making these changes because they are in accordance with God's wills. So many times I find people are all very, very nice in every way, they donate to every charity. These are good things. 
We don't take that from them. But that alone in itself is not godliness. There should be something in your heart that connects you to God. To make this, when you make these sacrifices, that makes it worthwhile. And makes it something that translates into a reward. It's not even just about reward. It's about your love for God that makes you want to do everything that he wants you to do. With or without reward, it becomes inconsequential because what the reward you want is just to be in his presence and continue to enjoy this constant relationship with your creator who, by the way, is the creator of the heavens and the earth beyond what our eyes can see or our mind can begin to imagine. Because this earth that we are in is just so small compared to the universe. And then if you take yourself as a micro being on the earth, you are so, so small that we need a mega, mega microscope to be able to find us. But God, despite all this vastness of his creation, says you are his child. How mind-blowing is that? And he wants your presence. He converts you to make that conscious choice of saying, you are my father and I will obey you in every circumstances. So, what is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So are you righteous? Are you peaceable? Do you have joy in your heart? Do you have the spirit of God in you? You're already enjoying the kingdom of God. Keep it up. Keep on walking at her. Keep on developing it further. Keep on imparting it to your neighbor, to your brother, to your sister, to your friends, to your family. Spread the kingdom of God here. And when we are caught up in it, the next level is just easier. Because this is the most difficult part. And believe me, it's not difficult. All he asks is, he says, I think it's Romans, Romans 9, 10 or 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he has saved you, that's all you need. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With our hearts, we just believe. It doesn't need you to pay any price. It doesn't need you to work so hard towards it. All it takes is a change of heart and a complete renunciation of whoever you are before and allowing God to take full precedence over everything you do. That sounds simple, but that's what needs to be done. First John says in chapter 4 verse 9, he says, this is how God showed us his love. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is a kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and set his son as a sacrifice to clear the way 
our sins and the damage that they've done to our relationship with God. Because of, the, because of the love God has for us, we can now come into his presence. And the time passed, the presence of God is sealed. If the Israelites come to worship God, they come and they wait at the, at the gate of the tabernacle. And then there's a priest that is inside and there's a curtain that separates the ordinary people from the holies of holies. And the people cannot cross into the holies of holies. And even when the priest is going into the holies of holies, he's tied with a rope on his leg so that if he goes and there's any blemish found on him and he's sacrificed for the people, they will have to drag his dead body out. But you know the amazing thing? When Christ went to the cross, at that moment, the curtains was torn and the holies of holies was open to us. And for whoever believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and trusts in God, you can now walk into the presence of God and talk to God directly. You no longer have a propitiation, no longer have a barrier that needs to go to speak for you. You can now speak for yourself. It's like having direct access to Theresa May and you know that she will listen to you and you go and demand things and she's able to execute them. Because our God is able, this comparison does not compare at all. I'm just trying to bring our mundane mind to understand what this means. Because God can do all things. There is nothing that is beyond him. Everything is his. So when you come to him believing, knowing that God will do what he says he will do, and you have no barrier, you don't need to talk to anybody, you walk into his presence and you say, Father, because you say I am your child, this is my demand, and it is done. Hallelujah. So, this brings us back to where I started. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 100, in Psalm 100, it says, in verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. James says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. These are invitations into a fuller, more intense, more certain, and more joyful, more satisfying, more transforming experience of the reality of living in the presence of God. You are invited. Make it. Take it. It is yours. Be in his presence. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. The Lord is near to you. He asks you, Open your heart to him today. 
I voice that again. I ask you to open your heart to God today. For when you live in his presence, God is going to bless you. He will not turn his back on you. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He is your God. He loves you so much so that he allowed his son to translate himself into a mere mortal to come and die so that we can have a relationship. How amazing is that? Don't throw this great salvation away. Give yourself to God. And he surely will bless you. God bless you.